was saying. Thank God for Pastor Roy last week. One, one, he, he kept on mentioning Rick Seward. You know, he's been dead two years. He keeps on cropping up every Sunday. <laughs> you can't keep a good man down, that's for sure. I'm going to start the message with a reference to Rick as well. Sorry about that. Do you know, in the last six months of Rick's life, one of the things he repeatedly started to say, and he hadn't said this before, he started to say this, why didn't I know that before? Nobody ever told me that. Why is it that the last thing we learn in life is so often what should have been the... Why is that? Two of the greatest heroes for me, teaching-wise, preaching-wise, would be David Pawson and Miles Monroe. Benny Hinn said he thought Miles Monroe was the best preacher he'd ever heard in his life, actually. Both of those men, David Pawson and Miles Monroe, both of them wrote books on the kingdom of God. And David Pawson did it at the end of his life. And I reckon David Pawson in, in his last years was probably thinking, why didn't I write this 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Why did it take me all these years to actually realize the significance, the enormity of the kingdom of God? And to be honest, the last since we came back, the kingdom of God has been on my mind. Since Comeback Sunday, I believe that the kingdom is coming. Jesus is coming. Hello? Amen. <laughs> He's coming. He's moving. It's like he's standing up like he did with Steve. He's standing up and, and approaching. And that requires a response from you. Requires a response from you. We had three titles for this message. <laughs> Couldn't make our mind up, could we? I was going to call it, Why Repent? Why did you repent? Don't answer the question. Just, just think in your mind. Why did you repent when you repented? What was, the, what was the reason? What was your motivation for repenting? Listen to this. Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent. Why? For the kingdom of God is near, right? And then in Matthew, chapter 3, verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent. Why? Because the kingdom of God is near. Now, ask, I'm going to ask you the question again. Michael, you've trained in evangelism. I've trained two times officially in evangelism. Trained in Bible college. Trained in a dedicated evangelism school just like you. And do you know what they taught me? A person should repent because they need to be saved. Why did you repent? For you? Why did you repent? Repent because the kingdom of God is near. It was never about you. It was never about you. The coming of a king requires a response, my friend. The arrival of a king required a response. And John the Baptist went, Don't you know who's coming? Don't you know that the king of glory is just about to walk before you? Repent! And that same king 
I say it again, I can almost feel it. It's standing up, getting ready to return. And you need to repent for his sake. Of course we repent to get saved. Praise God. And for all those reasons, they're all correct. But the biggest reason for us repentance, us repenting, is because it's the appropriate response for the King of Glory. And that's what Jesus was saying. And that's what Miles Monroe, sadly, he died in an accident. I think the devil took him out, to be honest, because he was giving the church such important information on the kingdom. That's what David Pawson came to realize, and to be honest, it's overwhelming me at the moment. Good job, Sarah, Friday. My head was spinning, because I'd spent the day looking at the kingdom, and we were talking about Esther and LIW. Sarah was, pro was just pointing out Esther was a woman of protocol. Ethics, principles, and protocols. She, my wife has a qualification in protocol. So when I mentioned that this week, she said, do you know what protocol means? I actually, no. <laughs> what does protocol mean? And she said, protocol means that which you should do before the other thing. The thing that you should do before whatever the other thing. That's what protocol is. There's much protocol in the kingdom. There's much to be done in advance of the other thing, the, the second coming of Christ. And one of those protocols is my repentance, your repentance, and all of our repentance. That's a protocol. Gets a bit scary, to be honest with you. I honestly believe there's a swift judgment. Two generations, in my opinion, will face severe judgment. Those who were walking on the earth when Jesus came the first time, Jesus said that it will be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than for you on the day of judgment because you rejected me when I came. And the second generation that will face swift judgment is the final one. You knew I was coming back. You knew. You were one of the people who had the knowledge of that. I travel all over the world for years, over 25 years traveling to different countries. And when you're going into somewhere, the VFC churches, our churches are really good. Our pastors are well disciplined in preparation. So they will get about six months notice. We're going to do an event and you need to get ready for this event. So normally when I arrive in, the posters are up. They've done planning. The worship team's ready to go. Everything's set up they've done all their homework and it's honorable and i land in and i walk one day i'm just walking straight off the plane and straight into the event everything moving everybody doing their part in advance protocol but there was one event i think it was my second big event in poland in the same church and the first time they'd been really good they did everything right the second time, I remember, they had all the same warning, the second coming, right? They had all the same warning, but I knew as soon as I got picked up at the airport, this just doesn't feel right. This guy's not switched on. I said, Is everything ready? And I said, well, actually, sorry, Pastor. Sorry, Pastor. And I went, when we were getting into the church, I remember people frantically running around, you know, turn the sound on. Where's the worship leader? Go and grab some people. 
Go and get them in because we weren't ready. Weren't ready. We forgot you were coming again. We forgot we knew you come the first time, but we'd overlooked the fact that you were coming back again and we weren't ready. Sorry about that. In our evangelism, Michael Shabani. In our evangelism, let's not make it a last minute, last ditch cramming effort. Hello? That's dishonorable. That's dishonorable. But let's be those who are aware and prepare in Jesus' name. That's honorable. That's honorable. The first big thing, I'll say it again. Here's a question. How do I enter the kingdom of God? Because it seems to me Jesus is constantly, more than anybody, this is what the kingdom of God's like. That's what the kingdom of God's like. It seems I don't know what the kingdom of God is, huh? I must be missing something. This is what the kingdom is constantly telling me makes me think I'm missing something. Definitely. Let's begin at the beginning. How do I enter the kingdom of God? I'm going to say it again. Without repentance, you ain't going to enter that. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and you pray and you repent and you seek my face, I'm going to pour out my kingdom on you. That's what I'm going to do. Once you repent, it's my commitment, it's my promise, you will not regret that. You're not going to regret that. Repent, and here's my part. I'm going to pour the kingdom all around your life. Double portion. One of the problems I think we have is we have no concept of what a kingdom is. And you may say, well, I was born in the United Kingdom, but this, this kingdom's not a good representation of a kingdom <clears throat> again the kingdom of God for me is quite a dangerous place and again my wife interjected in my preparations this week I just said I'm, I'm thinking what is the kingdom what is the kingdom of God and she put her hand excuse me do you know what the kingdom is dangerous it's dangerous why and she said remember in the garden of Eden when Adam and Eve were in the kingdom walking with God and then they sinned out of the kingdom the flaming sword you will never cross that line dangerous and the kingdom of God came the first time that when the spirit fell remember Ananias and Sapphira dead dangerous dangerous the kingdom is the second thing I would say about the kingdom is it's everywhere you, like me, were probably taught that a vacuum is empty. Vacuum, there's nothing in a vacuum. This is what, that's why I never trust science. <laughs> Can't trust science, guys. Now modern science realizes that vacuums are not empty. They have weight, but they can't figure out where the weight is and what's causing the weight. There's something in it. They can't see it. <laughs> and the kingdom of God is in this room. invisible you see it with your spirit you can feel it in your spirit and God is, seems always in history to have, to have had this problem in showing mankind what his kingdom is like we only see what we see on earth 
but it's, he, he was, the kingdom is like this, the kingdom is like that. And from the beginning of time, he's been trying to show you what it was like. He began with Abraham, but Abraham's not a king. Abraham was a priest, not a king. So it's a very limited illustration. So you can say, the God of Abraham, mm, not quite. And then after Abraham, the people started mocking you, mocking the people of God. Hey, Jews, where's your God? Uh, he's Jehovah. Well, where is he? Well, he's, um, I can't really point him out to you. He's kind of invisible. You see? And they said, well, we want a king that you can see. So he got Saul. And that was a disaster. After that, got a little bit better with a model on the earth of what the kingdom is with David, who was a king and a priest. Both, but David went wrong. But historically, ironically, if you ever wondered why Jesus came when the Roman Empire was on the earth, you ever think why? Why not to the Greeks? Why not? Why to the Romans? Historically, the Roman Empire was the greatest similarity, was the kingdom with the greatest similarity to the kingdom of God. Why? Because Caesar was God. He wasn't God. Caesar was God. And Jesus was able to walk in Roman society saying, the kingdom of God is like that. That's an evil kingdom. But there's great similarities. Caesar is God. When Caesar spoke, Sarah, just like Exorcist, when Caesar spoke, his word was law. You didn't enter into a debate with Caesar. No. No, sir. It's one-way traffic. There was no debate. Caesar... Um, I will not alter the word that goes out of my mouth. You see the comparison? So Jesus came in Roman days specifically so that you would get a glimpse of what the kingdom of God is. Caesar was God. Well, he thought he was God. That's an example. His word was law. Do you know Caesar owned every single thing in his kingdom? He owned the cows. He owned the sheep. He owned your clothes. He owned your body. He owned your life. Everything belonged in, in the kingdom, the Roman kingdom. Everything belonged to the king. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And so suddenly in society, we had a good illustration, if you like. But I, I'm telling you, folks, human beings don't like kingdoms much. We prefer democracy or some other tyrannical power, to be honest with you. In, the, in, the Europe, in, in Europe, since 1914, 24 nations have dissolved their monarchies. We don't want monarchies. We don't want a king, right? Times have changed. I did it my way. We want to do it our way. 24 nations since 19... And then the UK want to get rid of the monarchy, right? There's always that. Every year you hear, let's get rid of the queen. Let, let, let's not have this. That's nothing new. They have done that in many nations. Every single thing you own is not yours. Every last thing, even the breath that you breathe is not yours. It is the property of another. Jesus owns that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it and all the people who dwell therein. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethpage, 
and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here to me. Is Jesus a donkey thief? Does Jesus steal donkeys? Untie it and bring it to me. Listen to this. If anyone asks you, why are you untying that? Why are you taking that property? Say to him that the Lord informed him that it was never his. The donkey is mine. The cows are mine. The fields are mine. The clouds are mine. The air is mine. And you are mine. The earth is the Lord's. And everything in it. And if you ever dare to say, I've got a hundred pounds in my bank. If you ever dare to say, I've got 10,000 pounds in my bank. Hush your mouth. Take those words back. For all I have is yours. The earth is the Lord's. And everything in it. And that includes me. I can begin to see why, what God was trying to do with Abraham, trying to do with David, trying to do with Moses and all the other things, but it just wasn't good enough. I searched and I could find not one, so I sent my own son. And now you'll know what a king is. But society doesn't like this. Do you know what they ask us? They don't believe our God is king. How can your God be king when there's cancer in the world? How can your God be king when there's wars, pandemics? What kind of God is this? They blame God. And in David Pawson's book, this is what he specializes in. His book is called Kingdoms in Conflict. And his answer to that question, dear sir, there's more than one kingdom. There's more than one kingdom. There's the kingdom of darkness referred to by Jesus. And when you see all of this strife, it's the kingdoms of this world. There's the kingdoms of men. Many kingdoms, not just God's kingdom. And so Jesus tries to get us out of the wrong kingdom and into the right one. That's what he's constantly trying to do. They blame God for evil, but as we said in our first week, uh, it wasn't God, right? The angels rebelled. The angels rebelled, abandoned their first estate, and tried to set up independently here on the earth their own little kingdom. Are you listening? God just, God just does not want to reign over you. He wants to rule. Not just reign. Oh, he is my king. Look, okay, Stephen, how much could control does Queen Elizabeth have over you? How much rule? Nothing virtually. She reigns, but she doesn't rule virtually nothing. Who's got the power? The people. The people. We don't like kings, we don't like queens. Westminster got all the power. And she is, she's a figurehead, to be honest. That's what she is. Just a figurehead. And Jesus, the king of kings, is the same in many lives. He's a figurehead. He reigns, but he does not rule. 
in everyday concerns and everyday affairs. Do you know the number of churches? I, I could be the overseer of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of churches if I wanted to be. I get asked it, especially in earlier years, many countries. I say, no, no thanks, it's okay. Oh, I want you to be our apostle. No, 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 you don't. You want me to, to reign. You want to wheel me in. Like, oh, we've got a special event. Let's get the queen. Come on, let's come on, come on. And you go, now get back out. Just wanted an appearance. Just wanted it to look good. Many people, that's all they want from me. That's a fallacy. That's a fake. Do you understand that? That's a fake. I don't want that. That's not proper Christianity. And it's not a good representation of the church. And it would be bad behavior on my part. So no, I will not be your overseer. And I will not have my name connected to you. The principle of the kingdom is, you know, just reign. He rules. How different these kingdoms are. I tell you folks, in Jesus' name, get out of the kingdom of darkness. Amen. Get out of the kingdom of darkness. Get out of that place. Get out of it. God offers you light. In the kingdom of darkness, all you're going to get is deception. Warning from Jesus. You're going to get deceived. Why is everybody thinking this way? I don't get it. That's called deception. I don't seem to get it. Careful now. You're going to get confused and deceived. That's the kingdom of darkness. Do you know what the kingdom of light is? Revelation. Oh, I see. I got it now. When you find yourself always being one step behind, always confused, you want to be careful. The kingdom of darkness is full of disease and sickness. The kingdom of God is full of healing. The kingdom of darkness is full of division. It's built on division. The kingdom of God is full of unity in the Holy Ghost. Amen. The kingdom of darkness is full of death. The kingdom of God is full of life. What do you want? <laughs> Which will you choose? Well, then repent and enter the kingdom of God. Let me say a few things about the kingdom. <clears throat> There's no members in a kingdom. I get this regularly. Pastor, I'd like to become a member in your church. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay, could you show me the membership in the Bible, please? Thank you very much. No, there's no membership in a kingdom. You can join a golf club, snooker club. You didn't get born again because someone voted you in to be a born again. Members in a church can vote people in to be a member. And the same people can vote you out. Thank God nobody voted for me because I wouldn't be saved. By me, right? You weren't voted to get saved. You were born into the kingdom. Amen. There's no members in the kingdom of God. Just citizens. Right? That's it. You're a citizen in the kingdom of your God. That's it. That's the way in. And no one can put you out. You're there by, the hand, by his gracious hand over you. That's it. Nothing else, guys. Nobody voted you in. And nobody can vote you out. It wasn't the approval of men that got you saved. It was the favor and grace of God that got you saved. What is this kingdom? What have I been missing, Jesus? When a king's speech, when a king speaks, that's law. <laughs> that's law. But see our society? <sighs> Gone to the dogs with politics. Do you know that America, the, the, the United States of America, I love the states. 
Do you know how their constitution starts? Do you know the first three words? We the people. We. We the people. This is what we have decided. We will have no God to rule our nation. We the people will decide what rules and on once a year we'll say some prayer. We'll let you reign but you will not rule our nation. Very sad. Jesus. There's two words. We're talking about the kingdom. There's two words that should never leave your mouth. I was with a couple recently. And the husband said this to me. I thought it was great. He wasn't getting on very well with his wife. <clears throat> his wife turned to him and said, Well, I think we should get divorced. So he stood up. Boom, bada, boom, 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 you know. He stood up, master of the house. And he said, Woman, that word will never be said again in this house. Do you understand? Yes, we've got problems. Or we will work through the problems. But you will never use that word in this house again. Do we understand each other? And I think she changed. So maybe it's not that bad. <laughs> They're still together today, right? There's two words that should never come out of a, 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 your mouth if you're in the kingdom. Think about it. You don't have to give me suggestions. Just think about it a minute. Two words. The first one is ownership. I own that you don't own nothing right we've covered that ownership should never be something you say the second word is independence that's what happened with Satan that's the way he fell that's why he's kicked out of heaven independence I want to be my own boss one day I'm going to run my own business and ain't nobody going to tell me what to do yeah, just be careful that doesn't trickle over into the church now won't you it does. Independence has no place in your mouth, that word. And ownership has no place in your mouth. And by the way, let me say, women, Jesus help us. I'm talking to the men as well, but I just prophetically this morning, very early, three o'clock this morning, I just felt this word really sharp in me to speak to the women today. So don't panic. Cooperate with me. Amen? The word submission, when you mention it to women, can sound very different from when you mention it to men. Because it has a negative connotation for many, many women who have suffered abuse. They have tried to submit, but then they've been badly abused and used and mistreated and everything else. And it can have a very negative connotation for men also. But I want to say to you today, listen real careful. Submission is a blessing in the kingdom of God. It's not negative. There's nothing negative about you saying, I am in submission, subjection, a subject of God. And there's nothing negative in that. In fact, it's only positive. When you submit yourself to God, you, you automatically bring yourself under his responsibility and his cover. That's what you do. When you come in, look, listen to me. What do you lack? 
What's missing? You've got missing pieces. Things in your life that you know should be there, but they're not there. What's missing? And Jesus answers this, well, if you seek first the I'll add it all to you. I'll give it to you. But you're not under my protection, actually. I may reign, but I don't rule. Bring yourself properly into the kingdom. And you will receive my protection and my provision. Don't believe me? There's a thousand scriptures. Remember the guy who was missing his eyesight. What are you missing? What's the missing piece in your life? There's a guy who was missing his eyesight. He couldn't see. And you know what he said? Blind Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus! Son of Abraham? No, 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 no. Abraham's not a king, is he now? Jesus, son of David, King David, Jesus, the seed of David, Jesus, whose kingdom is here, Bartimaeus, he knows what's happening. I can't see. Here comes the king. I will put myself under him. And what happens? Pop come the eyes. Now he sees. Remember the thief on the cross. The thief is lacking what? What does he lack? Salvation. But these are Jews. They know what's happening. They understand the king. And this thief on the cross turns to Jesus. Lord, today, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What Bartimaeus was saying is, I subject myself to the king. And whatever weakness or lack is in my body, I now come under the protection and the provision of the king of kings. Jesus. What the thief on the cross was saying, the very same thing. The king is among us. And whatever is lacking in me will be provided by him. Provided I put myself in subjection to him. Let him rule and let him reign. Let him rule and let him reign. And watch the blessing that flows. We're going to re-energize the cell groups. I believe it's a perfect timing for that. <coughs> and one of the things about the kingdom that Jesus always did, he illustrated it. He worked miracles and then preached the gospel, right? He would heal the sick, raise the dead, and then preach the gospel. They had a living illustration. And I hope as we go forward, the next one, two, three years particularly, I want to see that whole cell thing, just the blood running through it. Okay? And we'll start that next week. Please take what Michael said seriously. Get here next Sunday, and I'll explain in great detail more. Only two points today. My second point, the kingdom of God is not far away. You don't have to get a train. Right? Don't have to travel. The kingdom of God is right here. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus answered, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Well said. You are right, the man said to Jesus. And Jesus warmed to this guy. And do you know what he said to him? You are not very far. <laughs> You're not very far from the kingdom of God. Just keep being humble. Keep being submissive. Keep walking in. You're getting there. You're not far from the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God's not far from you. The kingdom of God's not far from you. And he was there all the time. Remember the day you repented? 
He didn't turn up that day. He was always there. But you just weren't aware of it. Jesus gave more examples of the kingdom of God than anybody else. It was the theme of his ministry. And I, to this day, I believe we still miss it. Why is the last thing we learn what should have been the first? Do you know what the kingdom is? The kingdom's right here. It's right here amongst us. And would you open our eyes, take away the veil that we would see it, give us the grace to repent that we might enter it and reveal Christ in your cell groups, in your homes, in your ministries, in a new and living way as we prepare for the return of Jesus. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds amongst the wheat. And then he went away. And when, this, when they all sprouted, they all, they, when the wheat sprouted, the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't we sow good seed? And Jesus said, Yes. But an enemy has done this. The servant said, remember, this is what the kingdom is like. The servant said, do you want us to pull up all the bad people? <laughs> do you want to rip them up and throw them away? Shall we? This is what the kingdom's like. And Jesus said, shh, shh, shh. No. No. Leave them. Leave them be. You know, there's a weed called Darnell. And it is identical, identical twins to wheat. They're identical. They grow particularly in Asia. And they grow up side by side. And even a trained expert can get it wrong. It's called a mimic weed. And Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Here we are in this building, LFC, this morning. We're wheat. Amen? Amen. We're wheat. Look at Camden Market. Is that wheat or wheat? <laughs> They've got Satan worship going over there, guys. Seriously. Look at the weeds. Thank God we're wheat. What should we do with Camden Market then, huh? I know we'll go over and we'll burn the place down. We'll drive them all out. Clean the place up. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we will do it, shall we? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with that person in your family who's a weed? What are you going to do with them? In the natural human instinct. Let's, let's burn them all. That's what they were saying. Burn them all, Jesus. And Jesus said, oh, 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 oh. And you know what Jesus says? Leave Camden Market alone. Leave it alone. Because if you destroy Camden Market, someone in there will be saved. Someone in there will, will, will get saved. They'll respond to Christ. And if you destroy that, you're going to destroy the whole thing. You're going to destroy the wheat and the weeds. And anyway, it's not your place to do the pulling. Angels do that, by the way. Not you. Not us. Not our job. In the last days, angels will do the separation. Not men. Jesus, help me. I had to go out several times this week, right? I just overwhelmed. I felt like nobody ever told me that. Nobody ever told me that. Jesus. Is Jesus stupid? No. Jesus knows you through and through. And he spent his ministry saying, you don't understand the kingdom, do you? 
Let me explain. The kingdom's like this, and the kingdom's like that. And the kingdom's like this, and the kingdom's like that. And when people enter it, like Bartimaeus, they get their sight back. Like the thief on the cross, they get salvation. But he is the king of kings, and it is a fearsome thing to enter his presence. Would you be willing to lay it all down? I wonder. Do you want him just to reign? Because it looks pretty cool. You can have a t-shirt, Jesus is my king. Looks cool, huh? He can reign, but does he rule at all? Uh -huh. Jesus. Jesus, forgive us. Forgive us when we treat you like a figurehead. Or a tag. Or a fridge magnet or a car sticker. And would you enter our hearts as king? Things are changing. Can you feel it? Things are changing since we came back. I'm not going to embarrass anybody here, but many, many people here have spoken to me just since come back. Not get emotional now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Many people, I've been talking to you for five years, but some people are getting it. Some people are getting it. They get it. Some of my conversations with some of you have been totally different. The tone of your voice is different. I'm going to say this about Evelyn because I know she's not going to get big-headed. She can take it. Evelyn came to me last week. She hadn't even started talking. I started crying. Yeah. Sorry, Evelyn. I want them to understand. She hadn't even opened her mouth. I just, tears, I was choking not to look ridiculous. But she could feel the presence of the king and the kingdom. And she came, not asking me for anything, just saying, I want to serve him. I want to serve. I want to serve. Pray for me. When Michael asked us to pray for someone, I prayed for you, Evan. And this, just the spirit of it. Oh, Jesus. Sorry, but the best example in a home I can see is Atanasio and Sarah. I don't say that to their praise because you don't deserve any praise. You never will. I say it as an illustration. Five, six people have been saved in your home. And the Spirit of God's all over you. And you've entered in because there's a, there's a childlikeness within you both. There's a childlikeness, particularly with the boss here. There's an openness. So when I say something, he doesn't question me for 10 weeks. There's an openness. When I said supernatural increase, that man started running and he hasn't stopped since. They, they, they hide half of it from you. Because blessing can be embarrassing because it's so big and so great. But they tell me, and I constantly think, you're walking in the kingdom of God. And whatever you lack, when you bring your home into submission, all these things, all these things will be added on to you. Now, by the way, you can go out and get all those things, but you may risk losing your salvation. You can get them by your own power, that's for sure. Don't do that, huh? Get them with your own power, end up sick, stressed out, and maybe with a wrecked home right you can get them in the, the blessing of the Lord makes a man wealthy and adds no no trouble 
No trouble. So just be a little bit careful with your walk. Times, they are changing. I just feel different. Very, very different. Angela, what was the song you sang, Your Kingdom is Here? What was that line in one of your songs? Could we sing that? Michael, could you prepare yourself? Just We can, t- we can relax a minute if that's okay, everybody, and we'll just spend a little bit. Sorry if that's heavy. It is heavy, isn't it? It's heavy. The kingdom of God's heavy. Glory's called weight, you know. That's what glory is. It's weight. It's ha. The Lord is here. Amen. Stand with me. Stay focused and I'll hand back to Michael.